0: The Koi Gig part. I'm laughing because I was listening to a conversation that the City Girls were having and they were just going on about this throw-in. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's our weapon
1: in the World Cup. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now.
0: Football on off the ball. With Sky. Watch Premier League Women's Super EL, Scottish Premiership, and much more. Live only on Sky Sports. This is News Talk. You're very welcome back. Loads of messages in, by the way, saying that they really enjoyed the interview there with Adam Crafton and his new podcast Embedded with Shakhtar Donetsk. So uh, maybe check it out and uh, give it a listen because it sounded like it was an amazing uh, piece of work. And I suppose um, may you live in interesting times being the old Chinese curse will go in that vein from uh, Ukraine to the deaths of Thousands, a reported six and a half thousand, but certainly thousands of migrant workers, which hangs over this World Cup. Miguel Delaney of the London Independent is with us. Evening, Miguel. Good evening. At uh, the point of this piece, it just struck me. I was, um, uh, well, I, this sounds like a boast. I was in the gym this morning. <laughs> That's not the point. <laughs> uh, but I was uh, I was jogging away and uh, I was, you know, all the TVs on silent and it just came up in Sky Sports News on one of the TVs you know we're 11 days out from the World Cup and they were focusing on the Mane injury and I just thought what a weirdly weird space football is in that here we are it just hit me 11 days out for a World Cup from a World Cup and I like there is no hype there is no build Mm. up now in part I think it's because the club action is continuing right until the eve so there's no vacuum but then it's more than that and, and be it Gary Neville on Have I Got News for You dominating over the last couple of days or the Qatari World Cup ambassador referring to homosexuality as a damage in the mind on German TV or Seth Blatter, Qatar is a mistake. It's all Platini's fault. There is uh, just an incredibly odd atmosphere here on the eve of this World Cup.
1: Yeah, totally. And I mean, if you want to talk about a weird space, um, well, look at what this tournament has normalized. I mean, Because for all this noise and all this criticism, ultimately we're going into a situation, I'm going over on Friday week, where we're going into a World Cup in a country where it is normal for hundreds of thousands of migrant workers to be lured to the country under false pretenses or to have to pay some sort of kind of agency fee or recruitment fee that puts them in debt and then be in a situation where they all, to, to all to all intents and purposes, given they can change job, given the difficulty of moving, given how indebted they are, where they're in a slavery situation. It is absolutely remarkable. It's, it should be a non-starter for a tournament. And it, it, there are times when I kind of think about it when all this comes up and I, and I kind of reflect on that and how is this happening in mm. 2022? Mm. It's absolutely insane. I, I was on a call today, uh, a briefing from one of the human rights groups where... Um, uh, one of the representatives was from Human Rights Watch Was saying like this absolutely cannot happen again It's ridiculous that, that FIFA never had any sort of human rights provision In their World Cup uh, plans to prevent this And yeah, but then of course what's what's the latest coming down the track for 2030 Who are Infantino's next big allies Well Saudi Arabia going to pitch for it hmm. Which would be all the same issues again But multiplied by 100 yes. more
0: it is like something so grim that it, you feel this is this belongs to another era, that this couldn't happen yeah. somehow in the present day. And even I remember like we first started seeing these reports, for instance, of the migrant workers and the conditions and the deaths in certainly 2014. And we talked about it in the show and The Guardian went in and there were videos. And it, it's just so staggering that even in the last eight years, even overnight when that first emerged yeah. in 14, that even if it was just for pragmatic a cynical pure purposes that FIFA didn't march straight in and say this needs to be sorted out right away, overnight, yeah. better conditions, no more debts, better pay, like just sort it out because we can't take the heat. Even if it was as cynical as that, it's actually staggering that this was first reported all those years ago and it just continued. I, You know, on the eve yeah. of it, I, 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 there is a fatigue out there with this stuff but it's just, um, it's just hard yeah. as you said to get your head around it.
1: Well, that's, I mean, and if, I suppose if you want an, indica- an indication of the sort of state, I mean, there, there are many indications. Like right? at the moment, I'm working on a piece, basically trying to kind of lay out, just put it down all on paper, almost everything wrong with this World Cup, and the breadth of issues from obviously migrant workers to the motivation behind it to the way it was won, then even kind of stories that don't come out, like how um, the, the 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 actual the what the UN would describe as the discrimination on, the, on as regards race, even among migrant workers themselves. Um, but, but again, if, if you want an indication of the sort of state we're talking about here, so pe- some people within Qatar and some well-meaning people within the country who would want reform w- would argue that there are, I mean, because one of the biggest things with Qatar is they, they have, you always see so many headlines that they're making progress or that things have started to change, like Kefala has been abolished. And, and federations like the FA would point to this or FIFA would point to this. But this is actually a repeated pattern with Qatar where you have the big headline about change. Six months to 18 months down the line, the human rights groups investigate what's actually changed. Nothing has changed in practice. Yeah. That's happened with almost everything as regards to this tournament. And now, people so as I was saying, people within Qatar would argue that there is there's a huge cultural infrastructure that has to be turned over here, that has to be reformed, which is really a decade long, 12, 12 year long job. But of course. They've had a the tournament for 12 years now, and we're still in the same situation, really, in practice, that we were in 2010. Because, I mean, and this is another point that really shouldn't be overlooked. But Qatar, given what it's sitting on, given the amount of money it invests into Western infrastructure, in order essentially to kind of to make it more difficult to criticise them, to uh, to forward to, to deepen all these links. Given all that money spent, given the money they've spent, they've, they've given David Beckham. They, they, they do actually have the resources to complete to actually have a proper labor system mm. in the country. Mm. But they haven't spent any money on that. And instead, they've spent money on, on PR, mm. uh, public relations, trying to fight this. It's it's absolutely... Like, and, and that's something that, that's that been very notable in the last six months as well. I, I think really since the draw and the first change I noted to this was with Garrett Southgate, when he had a very mild comment and one, one of the Qatari officials completely attacked him. And that's escalated... In, in, the, in the last six months, where it's gone from Qatar almost, or people around this World Cup, almost um, t- t- accepting criticism, thinking, oh, we'll do better, to now being really belligerent about it. Yeah. With that translating, as you said, and some of these kind of disgraceful comments uh, 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 about uh, the LGBT community in, in German media from, from from one of the Qatari officials. Uh, and it, yeah, it, it's, it's a real belligerence right now. They're really snapping back. Um, and yeah, we're in a situation where... Fifa, FIFA's big defense of this term, or football's big defense as well, and you well, you hear it with kind of the sports-washing clubs as well, where, oh, well, this can help affect change. Now, to a degree, it actually might have been true in Qatar, because especially if there was two simple things brought in, and we've discussed that on the show before. They start investigating worker deaths, and that, that's another, I mean, Qatar always get, they get really angry when this figure comes up of 6,500, or the one in Germany today, 15,000. Now, They've got no right to get angry because, yes, the media can't actually say what those figures are. But that's only because Qatar refuses to investigate migrant worker deaths. Mm. It's it's absolutely scandalous. And and so investigation at the beginning of that process would be one remedy. It would actually start to improve things in Qatar. Another would be compensation to workers' families. But there hasn't been enough pressure. Football has mostly been, with some exceptions, some very brave exceptions, it's mostly been quite mute on this. It just wants to get on with it now. I would take the point, to be fair, that if you're a player, ultimately, like, the World Cup is a career ambition. Yeah. And, imagine if, and I think I've said this before myself as well. Imagine Italia 90 happened to be Qatar 90, how different we'd feel about it, our, our big historic occasion. And from that perspective as well, it's a little bit unfair to put a huge burden on players for decisions taken well above their head. But equally, if they're going to this World Cup, so you have to go with your eyes open, and realize what it is. And from that perspective, I think the game has been weak on it. I mean, like these rainbow armbands or whatever. I remember mm. I was talking to someone about that, about when there was a big discussion over what the European game was going to do next as regards some sort of uh, protest against Qatar. And the words were literally put to me by one official. Oh, it won't be T-shirts. <laughs> well, it was less than a T-shirt. Literally, mm. it was a it was an armband. Uh, and I think that, yeah, to be fair, there was quite a good statement on Sunday from the UEFA Working Group where he did actually press for compensation but well, let's see if that actually happens. But even Qatar itself has been belligerent about the idea of compensation. Mm. Um, mm. And yes, there's so much swirling around it. And this—I I was thinking about this last night, actually, when I was doing some research on. Because um, obviously, at the at the moment, as a journalist, we're, we're in this kind of double-sided situation where you're kind of you have to cover what this World Cup is, but you also have to cover the football. Um, it, it is a historic event in that context as well. And, yeah. and I think all, the football always has to be put into the political context here. But I was thinking to myself, and you kind of referenced it there at the top, talking about 11 days out. Like I was watching one of the uh, 1982 games, and you start to get a little bit kind of that little bit of magic kind of comes back. And then I immediately found myself feeling guilty about it because this isn't the proper World Cup. And I think like it's it's obviously the least of this World Cup's um, negatives or or its problems. But it's also quite a sad thing that I think one of the great joys of life. I mean, there's always that, that line I once read about how people measure their lives in World Cups. Yeah, that's it. And and this is kind of just taken away from it. Football
0: on off the ball with Sky, all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. Yeah, it's an amazing atmosphere. Again. This, because it just struck me with 11 days out, this should be peak. Yeah. Who's in squads. We've all seen the Brazilian players receiving the good news and those, those videos go viral and you're starting to read the previews and, you know, there's been a little gap in football, so everyone's anticipating it. Uh, if anything, I, th- I think at the moment... It's even becoming a touch more acrimonious as things like Have I Got News for You and, and mainstream media yeah. outlets who maybe you know, we're vaguely aware of this thing going on, but suddenly they're turning their attention to it because yeah. it's the story of the day and almost going with fresh horror. Hang on, what's been happening here? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's
1: exactly. And, and that's the thing. The, it's, it's only I mean, for all the 12 year build up and all the reports, it was something I think that's sort of bubbling away in the background until actually the reality presents itself. And then everyone's confronted with it. And then, and then, and then of course, all the actual the, the stories and the many horrors behind this World Cup become all the more acute as well.
0: Mm. It's funny, I mean, in terms of how to talk about it or not, like we uh, were doing a, an in-house chat just with the team on air uh, yeah. yesterday. And the we were talking about the Gary Neville situation or whatever, but it's, it's interesting. One of the comments on uh, YouTube was, can you stop going on about this? If, if you're that against it, just boycott it. And the answer to that is very simple. If we if you don't go on about what's happened here, then you will just get the PR version yeah. from FIFA. So we will go on about it every single day here because it's so abhorrent. And if we don't, yeah. if we don't go on about it, then what's the alternative? That it, no, There's nothing to see here. So, you know, I, I understand the fatigue out there, but I, I think we have just been desensitized to the whole thing.
1: Yeah. What because we, we get this a lot and I particularly get it on social media from fans of certain clubs but I mean one of my first thoughts on that because again no matter what way you dress this up no matter what perspective you're coming on it, it is a fact that this is an event of historic significance obviously it's the World Cup it's an event of huge sporting significance and its cultural value means that has an historic value as well but the political dimension adds, adds to that as well this is arguably the biggest um the biggest sporting political events in history, or certainly, I would say, since the 1936 Olympics. Now, can you imagine if the only record on the ground of the 1936 Olympics was by propagandists, Hmm. people who weren't going to go there with any sort of journalistic or critical mindset? And that's why the media has to cover it, I would say, because as you say, otherwise a public relations image is allowed to spread, but equally on that as well. I mean, and, and, and this is this is one thing. Qatar kind of knows as well. With a World Cup, no matter where you've got a captive audience. This is going to be shown all over the world. It's going to be on every television in the world. Most people, even if they have reservations, will end up watching it. And so from that perspective, that, that means any, the idea of a boycott or a protest, it's sort of a non-starter because then it just means this is out there. So you've got to you've got to actually and since it's out there, you've got to put it in its correct context and um, and cover what actually happens on the ground and guitar around just and I suppose relay the reality. And yeah, as you say, Joe, put it, put everything in, in context. Um, but I mean, I, the, the one thing on that as well, in terms of what we're going to see on the ground, I mean, mm. as journalists there, we, I mean, you won't be able to get near labor camps. There's already been some sort of... Why, why not, thought. Miguel? Just... There was a memo that went around Qatari companies to um, essentially send a lot of workers back for the duration of the World Cup, because obviously they want an right. image. It's almost like the kind of, again, another political World Cup, 1978, where like the shanty towns are all covered. Uh, there's, there's an element of that. Uh, but I think one of the biggest issues in terms of on the ground, and, and again, this is actually why reporting it is important. I... I I think a little bit like Russia in 2018, protest groups who wouldn't usually have the chance will use the eye of the world and the the fact uh, Qatar has to be maybe a little bit more uh, forgiving, or at least that will be the perception, because the eyes of the world are on it. They'll use that for protests, inside grounds, outside grounds, think there'll be a lot of that. And what's going to be really interesting and instructive, and this has a significance way beyond the tournament, is how Qatar actually polices this, how they respond. I I think that's, that's just one example of, um, of of why it's important to yes. actually report the reality, especially when, on t- I mean, because you always get to think about the classic with, with these tournaments, or with FIFA, UEFA broadcasts. Anytime there's any sort of protests, they immediately, they flick away. They, they turn the cameras away. Mm. I remember that at the 2010 World Cup final, which was the first I went to, that Jimmy Jump guy ran onto the pitch. That wasn't on television. Um, and so, so I, I really don't expect um, any protests. To be on television in that way, certainly not if we're coming from the the live broadcast. And there's another element there, which is um, how, even though FIFA would defend itself, saying it's it's going to use this World Cup as a positive legacy, um, that it's it, it should be separate from from Qatar, and in, in in that sense, and use all the weight of the game to put pressure on Qatar. There has been a sense, and I, and that could be seen with the letter sent by Infant, or sorry, sent by FIFA last week that was leaked by Rob Harris. Um, or reported by Rob Harris, I should say, that kind of FIFA and Qatar are intertwined on this. Yeah. Uh, especially as regards communication, which, again, points to the importance of actually being there and lo- being able to look around.
0: So what's so frustrating about this um, debacle in so many ways is of the 6,000 plus deaths, there's nothing that can be done, even though this issue was being pointed to in 2014 and right through. It's... It's, it's in the past and it's it's just it's shocking uh, with regard to how this tournament will be policed, and you referenced that point, for instance, uh, we you know, James Cleverley was criticised the Foreign Secretary when he talked about how members of well, I don't know if he specifically talked about the LGBT community, but he urged fans to be respectful of the culture of the host nation. Uh, do we know or do we have any sense what would happen if uh, a same sex couple are walking down the streets of Doha, holding hands across this World Cup.
1: So we had a Foreign Office briefing in Whitehall last Tuesday, and this question obviously came up, and they basically couldn't tell us. Uh, that's one for the Qataris. We were just, stre- we just stress. We just stressed the people to um, observe the culture. Now, to be fair, that um, that warning extended to um, uh, to heterosexual couples as well. Okay. to be mindful of their um of, of, of their, their cultural traits uh but yeah the, but the very fact that I mean also on that uh, we got a similar answer basically when we asked well a lot of us are journalists obviously we've covered Qatar in quite a critical sense and we have to download this app the higher app which I mean there's been a lot of reports about how much access it can actually have to your phone if you have to download it couldn't give us an answer on that either so right. But actually, there's another there's another point there. I mean, this is um, this isn't related to that foreign office briefing, but I'm, I'm speaking more generally. And I suppose Cleverley's point: usually, at this point in a World Cup cycle, and it's happened before, it's happened. I mean, there was an element in 2018, obviously an element in 1978, Usually, MPs would be falling over themselves to to kind of gain the political. I mean, obviously, some actually genuinely care, but also there's an, there would be an element of political cachet to be, to criticise. Um, aspects of the Qatari World Cup or problematic tournaments like that. So very little this time, mm. and it's and again we come back to that point. How much has Qatar invested into so many Western economies? Four billion into Spain. They own twenty percent of Sainsbury's, and it's something we've talked about on the on the show before. Buying football clubs is all part of the same thing, where it's these states who, again, we we come back to the point about at the top about um, how this kind of what is effectively slavery. Has been normalized. I mean, if you if you if you put the facts of some of these states to put in front of anyone, no matter who they are, mm. even if they're kind of the most, you know, invested Newcastle fan, people will be horrified. Be just, when, when it's actually presented with your face presented in your face, people are obviously turned off because most people are quite are decent people. Mm. But through all this, through all this investment in Western infrastructure, through this integration, it means they can gain the value of these connections without making any tangible changes to what are um, pro- problematic uh, political structures. And again, other people there's often respond to this, well, we're just as bad in the West. Well, the West obviously has problems. Uh, the UK, where I'm living, has no problem of its own. But it's not really comparable to these autocracies. I mean, it's not comparable to, you know, what is a surveillance state, Um, no free press. Um, And it's so, so many issues beyond that, where like the, the basic liberties we have in what in a problematic Western Europe, uh, you're just not accessible in Qatar.
0: Mm. Uh, an impossible question. And I might play this clip back to you when you get home. What are you anticipating you'll feel about the whole experience, or wh- what do you think we'll say about this World Cup when it's wrapped up from this vantage point?
1: Um, that's an interesting because actually, I've, I've been I'm, I'm, I'm working another piece at the moment on, um, political world cups and there's really i suppose every world cup obviously has a political dimension yeah uh, but the most the, like obviously the most overtly political were 34 which is mussolini's italy 78 um the juntas are argentina and and 2018 which, which has become even more problematic and in hindsight now it has been called basically a modern 1936 um so i, I like even i was even speaking to some of the uh some of the 1978 Argentine team and how they feel about their victory. And there's actually, there's there's quite a lot of differing opinions among that squad about that. Um, I mean, uh, my view is it's ultimately, it's a a solid World Cup. That's, that's its legacy. Um, And whether that affects how you feel, if you win it, I suppose the French players, their medals aren't solid from 2018, are they? They, They're still their World Cup medals. Um, But from a wider context, it's, it's, difficult not to feel that this yeah. isn't
0: this can't this it, can't be a this, regardless of how the next month goes it can never be regarded as a successful world cup i mean it's, no it's, no absolutely yeah. cast has been died dies been cast rather so um okay when are you heading out
1: i'm going on friday friday week um so actually uh, which would have been three days but of course they moved the uh the first game so i'm yeah. going to that qatar against ecuador um, and actually, there's a lot. Of, it, it, it's interesting with the Qatari national team as well. There's a great book that people should read, which is Inside Qatar by John McManus, which is a great chapter on the Qatari team and how obviously there's so, there's so many um, uh, nationalized players or naturalized players, sorry, should I say, in um, in their squad. And to obviously, they're not in the same situation as migrant workers. But in terms of their status in the country, some of it is reflective in in some of the issues that the migrant workers have faced, where they they even though they, they were so successful in 2019 Asian Cup, there's been this big discussion and debate over their full citizenship. Mm. Um, and again, yes, yeah, so at every turn you can't really escape. And then of course, what, what's England's group? Iran, USA. Mm. It's, it's it's remarkable, which is and that's another element of it that we haven't even touched on.
0: Yeah, well, uh, thank you so much for giving us your time this evening. I know you're busy doing various things. Uh, we appreciate it, Miguel Delaney of the London Independent. Thanks, Miguel. Cheers, Joe. Cheers. Our football coverage on Off the Ball is brought to you by Sky, all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Football on Off the Ball. With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership and much more. Live only on Sky Sports. This is News Talk.